Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. It is time. I'm Bill Arnold, and we're going to have a wonderful show today. Dr. Alex McFarland is going to join me, and I'm looking forward to that. I have a special guest in the second part of this hour, and then Dr. Randy Newman will come on for our Red Letter Series. So that's what the, the show is going to be today. Always glad to talk to Alex. He, uh, You can always learn more about him at his website, alexmcfarland.com. He's an author and speaker, an evangelist, an apologetist, and he goes everywhere around the world speaking. Alex, good to hear good to hear you today. Well, happy early Thanksgiving, my dear friend. Yeah. How are you? I'm I'm well, thank you. You know, just because we're at that time where we're going to be confronted with all kinds of conversations from all kinds of people cuz we're moving into the holidays, one of the things questions I wanted to ask you cuz you're a guy that probably gets a lot of information sent to them. Did you see what so and so wrote? Um when you get things that just flat out are not biblical, how do you respond? Uh, great question. Well, it depends on the context. Um, hopefully, uh, with empathy sometimes. For instance, uh, I was dealing with a Christian family, and they had lost a loved one. And the the son, who is a, a Christian, a gentleman who's probably in his 50s, but... Um, he said that he just knew that his dad, who had passed, was an angel looking after them now. Mm-hmm. And he felt his father's presence uh, at the funeral, and his dad was now an angel. And for the rest of this man's life, he felt like his dad would now be his guardian angel. Okay. And because we were kind of in a men's group, you know, I was gentle. Obviously, you don't say, you know, that is not biblical, but... Um, there's a difference between ignorance of biblical truth and rejection of known truth. And when when I... Mm, That's good. You you know, when I'm mentoring somebody or interacting with friends, you know, I don't always be that... I don't want to be like some know-it-all or something because, uh, you know, Lord knows I'm a work in progress myself. But depending on the severity of the error... Uh, is how proactively I might speak to somebody privately about something. Okay. That I appreciate. Ignorance, um, and what was the other one? Well, well, ignorance of biblical truth is not the same thing as willful rejection yes. of known truth. I'm just taking I think that. a lot of people, when I hear people, there could be something fairly innocuous. I've had people say to me, um, Alex, I know you've probably never heard this, but I've got a great illustration for the Trinity. It's like water. You know, it's liquid, uh, solid, or gas. You know, water in its uh, normal form is liquid. If it's frozen ice, it's a solid. And if it's steam, it's gas. That's like the best illustration for the Trinity, right? And actually, it's not a good illustration for the Trinity because um, it would speak toward an ancient heresy called modalism. Uh, Actually, I don't think there is a perfect analogy for the Trinity because 
God, by definition, is in a category of one. You know, there's <laughs> so true. there's nothing really perfectly analogous to God, but the you know, like uh, an egg that's a shell and a and a yolk and a white. People think that's a good illustration for the Trinity, and it's not either, really. But that's fairly innocent. I agree. Now, you know, um, the, the actor Jim Carrey, who I, I pray for Jim Carrey, the famous comedian, who seems to have come a long way in his faith journey. But I, I was reading an interview where he um, he equated Jesus to Buddha, Muhammad, Zoroaster, and he basically said, um, there are many saviors, you know, pick the one that feels right to you. He's, and he intimated that he's leaning toward Jesus, but, you know, he said, I like all those guys equally. Well, that's pretty serious, because you could be sincere, but, you know, clearly Jesus Christ, you know, was, was emphatic that he alone was the Savior. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Jesus alone rose from the dead. So... There, there's a difference, and, and I've found this out from the, the sincere seeker who might be uninformed on something to the person who's a skeptic willfully rejecting known truth. Yeah. And, and I think the way with which we engage these people needs to be, needs to show sensitivity to where somebody's coming from. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the, the difference there. Uh, Dr. Alex McFarlane is my guest. Alex, I want to ask you about three things. I want to ask you about original sin, atonement, and the exclusivity of Christianity. You don't have to be long on any of wow. one of the three, but let's start with original sin. This is why I love your show, Bill. Uh, you are so good. You ask the best questions. You really do. Um, well, original sin, generally the term refers to the fact that we all inherit the guilt of Adam and Eve, and we by virtue of, or by the absence of virtue of being Adam and Eve's children, we are sinners, and therefore we need a Savior. And so original sin in terms of the fall of man, and, you know, we're, we're flawed, we're fallen, but we're valuable to God. I, I definitely believe that. Um, is that what you were thinking of in terms of that? Yeah, I think that's a really nice, uh, succinct description, so thank you for that. What about atonement? Wow, great question, great question. So let, let me give a little illustration. I was at a college doing Q&A, as I love to do, and a student said, um, how could Jesus, one person, although the Son of God, but how could one person die for the sins of the world? I mean, billions of people. And, you know, as, as I'm getting questions, I'm always kind of in my heart praying, okay, Lord, give me wisdom, help me to know how to answer, you know, this person. And something occurred to me, and I really, Bill, I really think it was from the Holy Spirit. So, uh, the sins of the world, there are 8 billion people alive right now, 50 to 100 billion people that have ever lived. That's a lot of sin, a lot of sinners. Mm -hmm. But it is still a finite amount of unrighteousness. Now, I don't minimize it, I'm not belittling it. Murder, lying, stealing, idolatry... You know, it's all a lot of sin, billions and billions and billions of sins committed. But still, as big and bad as it is, it's a finite amount of unrighteousness. Now, Jesus, how righteous is 
God the Son, infinitely righteous. So, could a man of infinite righteousness atone for a finite amount of unrighteousness? And the answer is, of course. So the atonement was this, that the wrath of God that we deserve for our sin was put on to Jesus. I've, I've had people ask the question, can't I pay for my own sin? Yes, you could, but it would mean eternal separation from God. And Jesus died on the cross, and the, the appropriate measure of God's wrath that we each deserved was deflected onto Jesus. And he suffered and atoned for our sin. Um, and, the, you know, um, there, there's a hymn that says, On the cross where Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. And that's such a beautiful thing in that when, when I have trusted the Lord Jesus, I don't have to work. I don't have to, you know, try to do something to, to persuade God to love me. He loves me, and he loves every person infinitely so. But when we have trusted Jesus, the holiness of Jesus is appropriated or accredited to the believer. And, oh my goodness, that is grace. Bill, I was on a show earlier today, and somebody said, how could, um, you know, David committed adultery, um, was complicit to the murder of Uriah, uh, an adulterer, murderer, how could God call a person like that his child? And I said, well, the same way that God would call a sinner like me his child, through the righteousness and the grace of Jesus Christ in whom we put our faith. So, Alex... If you're having a conversation with a relative who might be a little hostile to the gospel and they say over the meal uh, tomorrow, well, is there a payment that would ever be satisfied where you have this sin and you're separated from God and after a whole bunch of decades or centuries, you've, you've actually paid the penalty and therefore you can be relieved of that? Well... I mean, there there have been a lot of examples in history of substitutionary atonement. And, you know, I, one time I was at a college and somebody said, you know, Alex, you're very wordy. Uh, can you describe Christianity in two words? And I thought for a second, and I said, loving substitution. Hmm. You know, it's like, like. The, the, the sibling who says to mom and dad, look, don't punish my brother. I was in on this too. I broke the cookie jar, please punish me instead. Uh, in other words, I'm willing to be the substitute. Although in the case of Jesus, he had no sin. You know, he he died for sins that weren't his own. He died for the sins of the world. So it was loving substitution. But the fact is, um, we we could spend eternity in hell separated from God and there would never come a point where God says, okay, five more minutes and you're done. You know, um, the, the fact is, the way the universe is, and, and I've had a lot of people say to me, Bill, they'd say, well, what if the universe were this way? Or what if the universe were some other way? And theoreticals and what we call counterfactuals, they may be stimulating to ponder, but we, we've got the wisest thing we can do 
is deal with reality as it is. And there is time and there's eternity. And if you enter eternity in, without a relationship to God, uh, that's forever. I mean, although it's not really appropriate to speak in a chronological sense, past, present, future. It's just eternity, the, the ever-present now. Well, he, here's the thing. People have said, why didn't God make Adam and Eve where they did not have the capacity to disobey? That's something we can speculate about, but it's counter-reality. Because to have a relationship, to have a legitimate relationship, there has to be free will or free choice, let's say. Mm -hmm. And while God offers himself to every person, Bill, I, I thoroughly believe every human that that has ever or will ever live could have God in their life if they want him. But God God offers himself, but he doesn't force himself. And for those that don't want God in their heart, life, and soul, he's not going to make them. Uh, God makes overtures. God draws us. The Spirit of the Lord beckons. But God doesn't force himself. And C.S. Lewis was commenting on the Beatitudes. By the way, it's appropriate to mention C.S. Lewis, November 22nd, 1963, uh, the same day that JFK was assassinated, was the day C.S. Lewis died, incidentally. Wow. And Lewis said, um, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And Lewis said, you know, only the pure in heart would want to, um, because those that don't want God in their life, they could have had him. If, if somebody doesn't want to face and interact with the Lord who made them, uh, he's not going to make them do that. The, the risky thing, it's just tragically risky on an immeasurable sense, is people say, ah, I don't want God. I'll just, I'm going to live and die and take my chances. Understand. When you leave the realm of time, you are in eternity. Mm. The way that we humans enter eternity is through physical death. And if you enter into eternity without a relationship to Christ, there is no turning back. And so uh, it's, it, the state of our soul is, is not something to trifle with, is it, Bill? No, it's not. And Alex, this conversation has led me again to a Vernon, J. Vernon McGee line, which I know you know and I, I know you love, and that's this. This is God's universe, and God does things his way. You may have a better way, but you don't have a universe. Wow. That, that J. Vernon McGee yeah. <laughs> was brilliant. <laughs> he was. And, you know, it, it does remind me, I know I quote a lot of people, and I'm not, I'm not ever trying to be disparaging or demeaning to people, because I really do care about people, but Oprah Winfrey was, um, <laughs> let's just say, theologically, she really put out a lot of conflicting statements. But I remember, and I've got this video where she is getting a little bit frustrated with some audience members that are, you know, advocating that Jesus is the one and only way, and I believe that because Jesus himself said that he was the only way. And Oprah Winfrey said, and I quote, the God I believe in is love and would never condemn anyone. And I just said out loud, 
well, make sure the God you believe in is, in fact, the true God. Right. You know, when you read like Matthew seven twenty one through 24, Jesus said this on the judgment day, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we used your name. We testified in your name. And all these, you know, you know, punch list of I did this and that and this and that meritorious deed. And Jesus said, well, I never knew you. See, heaven is a proposition of knowing Jesus, having a personal relationship with Jesus. But we have to come to Christ by his terms, not our own. Mm-hmm. Alex, we're going to take a little break. Dr. Alex McFarland is my guest, and we uh, will be right back. If you have a question or comment, text line is open, 877-933-2484. We've talked about original sin, then atonement. When we come back, I'm going to ask him about the exclusivity of Christianity. That's all next. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Time together as people of faith is so important, and together we can make a positive impact. So Faith Radio is ready to hit the road. Would your community be a good fit for a Faith Radio live event full of encouragement and togetherness that we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds? Nominate your community for a live Faith Radio event at MyFaithRadio.com, and I hope to get to see you soon. Dr. Alex McFarland is my guest, and I love having him on. If you want to learn more about Alex, go to alexmcfarland.com. So, Alex, let's talk about the exclusivity of Christianity. Yeah, when scholars use that term, the the exclusivity of Christianity or the, the exclusivity of Jesus as Savior, what they mean is, I believe, what, what Christ meant uh, and what the New Testament uh, is very emphatic about, like Acts 4, verse 12, uh, there's one way, you know, there's no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. And, you know, uh, there, there are plenty of verses that speak of the exclusivity of, of the biblical God and the exclusivity of Jesus. Um, a lot of people have a problem with there being one way, but yet that's what that's what Christ said of himself. And and really, Bill, believe it or not, all of the world's belief systems really boil down to an example of, of good works. Um, may, may I share just a couple of verses that... Please. You know, Deuteronomy 4, verse 39, it says, the Lord... and in your Bible, in the Old Testament, especially when you see L-O-R-D in all capitals, that means Almighty God, the biblical God, Yahweh. It says, um, the Lord is God in heaven above, there is none else. Isaiah forty-three, eleven says, I am the Lord, besides me there is no Savior. And of course, very famously, John fourteen six, Jesus said of himself, Jesus said, I am am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, that's just unequivocal. Um, you know, Acts 4.12 I mentioned, and there is salvation in no one else. Mm-hmm. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But here, here's here's a, an important verse, 1 Timothy 2.5. 
Paul writes this, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus. And, you know, on and on we could go, but the exclusivity, uh, Jesus taught that he was the only one who could save. In Mark chapter 2, he said he has power on earth to forgive sin. And the wording of it, when he, he, he heals a paralyzed person, he, he indicates he alone, Jesus Christ alone, has power on earth to forgive sin. Now, what's unique about Christ, um, many things, virgin-born, sinless life, prophesied coming, Christ made these exclusivistic claims and rose from the dead. It's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. the, the ability to conquer the grave validates the man and the message, who he was and what he taught. And so I, I realize our inclusive world pushes back on this, but um, no matter how passionate or artful the person argues for relativism, uh, the only man that ever walked on water and rose from the dead was anything but relativistic. Jesus was very exclusivistic, and it really behooves us to uh, trust the man who was able to come back from the dead. I mean, Jesus entered the realm of death, came back again under his own power. That's something that no 21st century relativist, relativist can do. Mm. Well, a Christian friend sent me this article, and he was excited about it, and it turns out this author denies original sin, atonement, and the exclusivity of Christianity. So back to my wow. original question, how do you handle things when you get uh, things sent to you that are just clearly off base? And so I appreciate your, your, uh, your sensitivity. Um, well, we need to run everything through the lens of Scripture. And not not the not the grid of Alex McFarland. Although I, you know, to the best of my ability, I try to form positions that are in harmony with Scripture. But um, our our litmus test must be the Word of God. Mm -hmm. All right, we've had a couple of questions come in, Alex. One regarding original sin. Could you address the phrase original sin? I assume it means sin at man's origin. But is that correct? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, it does mean uh, sin at man's origin, but it also means that, you know, uh, the, the ball started rolling, or the, the dominoes began to fall from the very beginning. You know, that each of us is born into sin. And this relates, you, you know, you gave that wonderful quote by J. Vernon McGee that um, it's God's universe, and we might think we have a better way, but we don't have a universe. A lot of people don't realize this, but I'm going to make a statement. You, you and I have discussed this before. We live in a legal universe. Now, what does that mean? It means the universe operates by certain laws, not just the physical world, like, you know, water boils at, you know, 212 degrees Fahrenheit at sea level. That's a, a natural law. But there are spiritual laws. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we, we talk about the imputed righteousness of Christ. If we put our faith in Jesus, then the, the absolute holiness of Christ is accredited to the believer. But there's also, there's also imputed unrighteousness. In other words, Adam and Eve are our parents. 
every one of us. You know, everybody is our brother and our sister because we're all the children of Adam and Eve. But we have the imputed unrighteousness of Adam and Eve. That's part of original sin. Um, Adam's guilt became our guilt because this is the family we were born into. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we, we need a Savior for a couple of reasons. One, we know the right and we do the wrong, so we're sinners. But we needed a Savior not only because of sinful deeds, but our sinful birth. So original sin refers to the fact that the unrighteousness of Adam and Eve is imputed or imparted to us, the human. We, we are sinners and we need a Savior. Mm. Thank you for that, Alex. Dr. Alex McFarland is my guest. Another question that, that came in, Alex, is kind of a heavier one. Where does election fit in regarding saying anyone who wants a relationship with God can have one? Well, that's a great question uh, because, you know, we often talk about predestination. Now, now let me say that equally good, godly people have different opinions on this, and I want to recommend a book, and I, I never recommend a book that I myself have not read at least once. That's kind of my rule. I want to be honest about the books I recommend. A really good book from a really, really, really smart guy who went to heaven, I think, in 2019, Norm Geisler, G-E-I-S-L-E-R. He wrote a book for Bethany House Publishers, good publisher, called Chosen But Free. Now, Romans 8, 29, and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son and to ultimately share in his complete sanctification. Now, the question becomes, are some elected to heaven and some elected not to go to heaven? And, Bill, I don't believe that. I believe everybody has free choice. I think what the Romans 8, 29 and 30 is talking about, about predestination, if you read the entirety of the passage, God predestined that every born-again believer would ultimately be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, in this life, and, and I realize this is really deep stuff here, but every day we grow and we are to be more and more conformed to the image of Jesus. Now, there's Christian birth, there's Christian growth, there's sonship that, occur, that begins the moment of conversion, but then there's fellowship, and we are to be growing, you know, more and more like Christ. There, there's some people, and we probably have known people like this, some people are a Christian 20 years, some people are a Christian one year 20 times, and the beautiful thing about it is every one of us from Billy Graham to Alex and Bill, you can grow as much in Jesus as you as you will and wish to. Um, Bill, it was really convicting. I was writing in my journal one day about five years ago. I said, you know, we, we can have as much of Jesus in our life as we want. But in reality, we do have as much of Jesus as we want. Because if we wanted more of Jesus, he would give himself to us. And I realize, let me say this, I know there are people that believe in what's called double election. 
Uh, I, I respectfully disagree. I, I do think when the Bible says, whosoever will may come, it does mean whosoever will. People, the, the born-again believer is predestined to ultimate sanctification and glorification. Much of it occurs in this life. Ultimately, it will occur in the next life. Mm. Alex, did you think you were going to get the heavy lifting uh, so late in the interview? I, I never know. Yeah. I never know. I, but it's always a joy to talk with you. And you've got such a, a wonderfully mature Christian mind. I'm, I'm always a little intimidated. I'm like, oh, please. I hope I know. <laughs> Bill Arnold's probably sitting there in Minnesota thinking, man, what a lightweight, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but I'm, I'm always like, before I do any interview, I, you know, I try to prepare, but before I go on the Bill Arnold show, I really pray. <laughs> That's because I ask questions that my audience asks, and they're really smart. So you get good questions. They from are. Me. Yeah, I know they are. Because they listen to you. Well, thank you, Alex. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family, and I look forward to the next time we visit. Blessings to all. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Dr. Alex McFarland has been my guest. Please go learn more about Alex and his books and his writing and everything he does at alexmcfarland.com. When we come back, Wyatt and his wife, Haley, are in studio. Be right back. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. All right, it's time to have a little bit of fun. You know, when you get a job at Faith Radio, it's pretty exciting. And the producer job, the job where you are producing one of the live shows, whether it's Carmen's show or Susie's show or my show, it is a very challenging job. And you've got to be smart and you have to think on your feet. You have to have spiritual depth and you have to know how to deal really well with guests that come on. And it's a big, big job. And when we uh, lost Rosie, and because Rosie was with with me for several years, um, we went on a, a massive nationwide hunt. Um, and we uh, we came down to, uh, what did we interview, like a thousand candidates and then <laughs> got down to one and then we, we offered Wyatt Morell uh, the job and he's with me today with his wife Haley in studio. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, first of all, Thank you, Wyatt, for the awesome work you do. It's really great well, having you on the team. You're hyping me up like Alex was just hyping you up. I, <laughs> I mean, know. He's rubbing off on you. I know. Me, I, I know. That was that made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, he was saying stuff. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, sure, sure. I can speak with uh, with with truth that you are uh, an amazing producer and you do uh, such a good job. And let's hear a little bit about uh, both of your backgrounds. Now, the two of you just got married how long ago? Just over three months now. Three months ago. Yeah. So, Haley, you want to take me back to that momentous day? Yeah, I mean it's kind of a blur. It was <laughs> it was a lot of planning <laughs> for yeah. just a day that we kind of barely remember. But um, no, it was it was wonderful. I think I was really really anxious until the first look, and then it was just kind of a weight lifted off my shoulders. It was like, okay, we're together the rest of the day. We can do this. Yeah. So. When you got your first look, what were you thinking? Oh, he's he's handsome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he. We did like our. We wrote personal vows that we just read to each other okay. for the first look, and 
um, he's uh, he's pretty good with this word. So I was a little little teared up. But All right. Yeah. All right. Why your turn now? Yeah, I must have done something right, I guess, if I could make <laughs> her cry. But uh, I always said going into our wedding, two things. One, if we get married, that's a win because that's the goal of it. And then yeah. we want to honor God as well. And yeah. I think we did both those things. So yeah. I think it went uh, really well. And it was just awesome to see so many friends and family there to support you. I think that's the coolest part about a wedding is you see all these people that are pouring into you to make you the person you are. And True. then they're there for you that day, wow, which for me at least was the coolest part. That's fantastic. And you've got how many brothers, Wyatt? I have three, two older, one younger. Okay. And you're an only child, Haley. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. All right. So when we got down to the ceremony, what scripture did you choose to have uh, in, in the service? It was Ecclesiastes 4, 8, and uh, 8 through 12. And the reason we went with that, we were going back and forth between a couple different passages, but that one really spoke to us. And we felt that that was what God was telling us to do. Um, and for those that don't know, it's uh, the two, uh, the, the cord of three strands not easily broken. And I think it's so relevant in today's world with marriage. A lot of people go into it not really sure what their plan is. They're just getting married. And I think it's important you have a really good set of fundamentals and you know you're doing this to honor God. That's why you get married. You're doing this so that you're stronger for his sake. So I think that was a big reason why we chose it. Is there anything you would add to that, Haley, as far as why we, you know, that spoke to us, I guess? No, that was, no, that one just stood out to us. And it's kind of funny. So Wyatt had this Bible and he had gotten a new one and was like, Hey, do you want this old one? And I was like, yeah. And it's funny. Cause when I opened it up to the little bookmark that's in it, yeah. it that's what it opened up to. Mm. So it was just, it was, I don't know. It was once I read that, I kind of thought, Oh, that could be our wedding verse. And that was a couple of years ago. So that is so sweet. Mm-hmm. So three months of marriage. Tell me about how the schedules are going because you, uh, Haley are a nurse mm-hmm. and you've oftentimes worked the night shift, which yes. means you're gone all night. Yes. It's, I don't love nights. I love the people I work with, but nights are hard on the body. And yeah, it's definitely been weird. We don't see each other as much when I work a stretch and um, why it's complained about. I get used to sleeping with you and then you're gone and I'm by myself. (laughs) um, It's kind of nice that he comes in a little bit later. So when I get home from work, I see him for a little bit and Mm -hmm. we can eat breakfast or quick talk about our days. But Yeah. yeah, it's been a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. So tell me about the kind of nurse nursing you do. I'm a pediatric nurse at Masonic Children's Hospital. I work on a med surge floor with oncology kids and like just lots of specialty GI. So, okay. Yeah. So very busy. Yeah. Very demanding. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then Wyatt works here and he's got to talk, listen to me all day long. So there you that's, go. <laughs> that's, that's punishment. Just so yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, don't agree, Haley. That, that's. <laughs> so I'm real curious about spiritual formation. When, tell me about growing up, both of you, because I, you know, you, I know you're in mid twenties kind of range. On I don't have to divulge ages, but sure. yeah, you can go first. Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, and people say, you know, when you say that, oh, that's a boring testimony. I'm very thankful for that oh, because I was I was blessed to have two amen. parents that instilled that in me and my siblings growing up. So I've known the Lord for a very long time. And then the biggest part of my faith journey came in high school. And I know Haley is aware of this. I think uh, there's many other people that know Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is a group that pours into students uh, that are in sports. And what we always did is we would meet on Monday nights during the school year. There'd be a message. You'd have the students giving the message. I did it once or twice. I think Haley did it once or twice. So when you do that, you start to grow in your faith and you make it your own. So for me, that was the biggest turning point in my faith growing up because it's great to grow up in a Christian home, blessed, like I said, but eventually you got to make it your own. 
yeah. high school, college years because of that, I grew in my faith greatly. And then, of course, attending Northwestern here in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is a Christian college, that certainly helped as well because you're surrounded by people that love the Lord, and that's number one on the priority list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also grew up in a Christian home. My family um, grew up going to a Baptist church, and the church kind of dissolved. And then I was maybe 10 or 11 at that time, and we stopped going to church for a little while. And um, my grandma was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, lung cancer, and her faith through her diagnosis and just her end of life was unshakable. She never complained. She never doubted God. And it was really her faith and her testimony that were really influential in my life. And um, I had gone to FCA and I had um, been semi-involved, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until her faith and I encouraged my family, hey, let's let's go to a church, let's find something. And so we started going to church. And after she passed away, um, my dad and I were actually baptized together at that church. And um, so I have my grandma to thank for, for my strong faith and my parents and all my grand, like all my family is great, but it was really my grandma that, that showed me what it means to love Jesus with all your heart. That is so sweet. I mean, I, I let's celebrate grandmas and grandpas right, yes. right Amen. now oh, yes. because <laughs> they are so instrumental. They, yes. they bring so much love and unconditional support and they always are willing to pay attention to you, aren't they? Mm-hmm. There's nothing like a grandparent. They, their, their attention is an on-off switch. Mm-hmm. They're either completely dialed in or they're they're not there, right? Yes, I was the first grandkid on both sides, and so I was spoiled and got so much time that I yeah. spent with my grandparents, and I'll forever treasure that. Yeah, what I mean by that, I got to back up and, and <laughs> what I said is, they're when they're not on, they're not with you. They're they're at their house, and you're at your house. Yeah, you're not with them. Yes. You're not because, with them. Because yes. when they're present yes. with you, yes. they're 100%. Thanks for bailing yes. me out. Well, you get Wyatt. <laughs> I think everybody knew what you were trying to well, say. Well, I'm not sure they did. I mean, because sometimes you have elderly grandparents that slip into uh, dementia or no. they're losing a little bit of their, their cognitive skills, and I don't want to think that I was referring to that. Yes, yeah. for sure. And I can say the same about my grandparents too, okay. growing up. They were just like Haley's where they were always extremely supportive, very loving, and like you just said, present, which yeah. was huge. Yeah. Do you laugh together a lot? I like to think oh, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> is he funny? Yeah, he is. Really? He, yeah. He. This is going to sound really weird. He does really funny impressions just oh, of random really? things. Really? Oh. So, yeah. All right. I won't put him on the spot. No, but, no. I know you won't, but I will. <laughs> I don't know if we need any of that. But would you say I'm more fun to be around or funny, though? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't... Maybe more fun to be around. I just... I feel like I can be myself and be really goofy in front of him. Nice. So, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Now, I should have asked this question in advance, but do you uh, two pray together? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Every night, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just... There's... That could have been a sensitive question. No, absolutely. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Prayer's important, and I know we talk about it quite a bit on your show. Yeah, no, and, and in other conversations I've had with people here at Faith Radio... We pray always before we go to bed every night, before every meal, and then every time we're with one of our families, same thing. Prayer's a huge priority. Beautiful. So, again, so, have our parents to thank for that and so, grandparents. So you're with family, and before you go, it's like, well, now we're going to make some time to pray? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, because we were talking, Haley, about Tim Keller, and I like Tim Keller, mm-hmm. and, and Tim uh, said that the first 13 years of his marriage, and he was a pastor— he and Kathy didn't pray together. Mm. Isn't that nuts? Interesting. Yeah. So I didn't want to spring the question on you and have you feel uncomfortable. No, not but, at all. Yeah. So I get a lot of complaints from your generation that 
went to church and youth group, and then all of a sudden they started to drift away from their faith, and now they're not so sure anymore. How have you guys stayed strong? I actually started I started college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and they have a program called Badger Crew, or Crew, I guess it's at a lot of um, big oh, universities, sure. and yeah. I, I found that huge. It was huge in my faith. Um, and that's really what kept me grounded while I was at Madison. And um, again, just the the foundation that our parents and grandparents set in our lives really helped us keep Jesus at the center through it all. Even the pre- all the pressures from the world and from college and your friends are doing things and you're like, well, that's so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been huge. And White, how about you? Yeah, I would say my brothers have had a huge role in that. I talk to them every day, text them. Um, like I said, my youngest brother, Stuart, he's going to Northwestern right now and is a senior, so I get a chance to see him every once in a while on campus. And just having accountability is huge. And so I've had accountability with them my entire life growing up and my parents. And just staying in communion with other believers for me has been a big part of my faith journey. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a little break. My producer, Wyatt. M and his wife Haley are here in studio. We're just having a great time and helping you get to know him. We're going to take a break. If you have a question for Wyatt, send it over. I probably won't ask it, but send it over anyway. 877 Hi, this is Bill Arnold. You might be the kind of person that goes to Paris and still listens to Faith Radio on the app. Or you might be more like the person that goes into the next room in your apartment and listens. The good news is, is using the app is just as easy in both places. Downloading the free app is crazy easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. And if you happen to be in Paris, there is a really nice little coffee shop not far from the Eiffel Tower that serves a really nice chocolate biscotti. So nice to be back. And I've got my producer, Wyatt, sitting in the guest chair right across from me in the studio. Ryan is working the board as a favor. You guys are friends, which is great. We are. Yeah. How long ago did you guys meet? It's been uh, it's been a few years. So it would have been your first year at the University of Northwestern St. Paul, UNW. Yeah, it would have been about six years ago. I always get it wrong yeah. because we both did PSEO, which yeah. for people that don't know, in Minnesota, you can take classes in high school to get college credit. Highly recommend it. And yeah. if you can, yeah, absolutely. And so we met about six years ago and had Fall classes. of 17? Yeah, oh. something yeah. like that. Yeah. I took classes in college and didn't get college credit. So. <laughs> that's not, that's <laughs> What's tough. What's with you guys getting <laughs> college happened, credit though. in high school? I always was intimidated by you guys. Yeah? No, seriously. I'm sorry to hear that. We didn't no. mean to be that way. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to show you up or anything. <laughs> yeah. All right, Wyatt Haley, you got a night out. Uh, would you rather be with friends or family? My answer would be family. Okay. I'd say family, too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, nothing against our friends. No, I just, I'm not. so close with my family and just even getting to know her family that you want to be with the ones that, y- you know, you love the most. Yeah. That's lovely. So are you um, uh, always kind of looking forward to just being together over the holidays? And I know you guys just started your life together. So, um, th- you know, these are tough, tough questions. But 
But really, just when you get together at Christmas time and, and Thanksgiving, all mm-hmm. these holidays are just joyful and yeah. you're having a great time. Yeah, we love spending time with our family. Before we were married, it was sometimes holidays were hectic because we'd be going from one place to the other. And we said, once we're married, we're done with that. We're going to pick a place. But, but then it's hard because you don't get to see the other side of the family. But no, yeah, we we cherish time with our family and his nice. family actually most Sundays has lunch together and gets together. So we see them a lot. And, well, and the other part of it too, for you know, many of the listeners that don't know, I was in a tiny little town in northern Minnesota the last two years, Crookston, Minnesota, doing a gig up there for radio. So before I had this job with you, Bill, that's what I was doing. So we've been long distance for a good portion of our relationship together, which always made things tricky with getting together and seeing family. And it's a lot nicer to you know be married now and yeah, <laughs> be here in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities. So yeah. do, you, do you guys talk about um, ministry that you can do together? Have you started to say what might we be able to be side by side doing yeah. in service to the kingdom? We have a little bit. And I know, you know, the last couple of years we've volunteered for organizations like Feed My Starving Children and places like that. But we definitely want to put our time and resources towards something that is going to further his kingdom. And we don't know what that necessarily exactly is right now at this moment, but it's something we feel passionate about. And even just now that we're married, getting involved in a church together Mm -hmm. and, you know, pouring into a community, I think is something we're both looking forward to. Yeah. And one thing we did in high school, we talked about earlier was FCA and how beneficial that was. And one of the, um, FCA leaders who was, um, I don't think he was a teacher at Elk River, but he was involved in the Elk River community. He would host breakfast on Wednesday mornings for nice. students and they would pray and just have like a time of fellowship. And once we have a house and are really planted in a community, we would love to be involved with FCA and, and helping high school students just because the impact it had on us. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've, we've talked about, talked about that too. Yeah. You seem both so well balanced. Um, did you have a rebellious phase, Haley? <laughs> uh, ask my parents. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Ryan, would you call her parents? We got <laughs> to get them on the line. Right we we got to get them on the phone. I gotta <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on that. <laughs> okay, uh, but not not that you know of, huh? I was. My parents were very strict. Okay, and I feel like I was a pretty good listener. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe when I was a toddler, but okay. honestly, in high school, and my parents have said this. They said I was a pretty easy kid. I mean, I. Yeah, yeah, I talked back to my mom. That's probably the worst thing I did. Yeah, but you were an only child as well. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Wyatt? Well, I would say not a rebellious phase, but out of my four brothers, me and my dad maybe didn't always see eye to eye on everything. And he's probably listening, so I don't want this to get taken out of context. But you argue with the people you're most alike. I'm just really like my dad in a way. (laughs) So we didn't always necessarily see eye to eye, but nothing crazy or anything. I always respected my parents and still do with a great amount of respect for, you know, again, the yeah. faith that they've instilled in me yeah. and my siblings. I've been blessed to have them. Why can't we just call it iron sharpens iron so there one you go. man another? Yeah, Proverbs, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, hello to Wyatt from Crookston listeners. How about that? Hey. Oh, cool. That's kind of cool. We wondered where you we wondered where you went. Glad we can still stay connected <laughs> through the airwaves. <laughs> That's awesome. Congrats on your marriage. Bill, go easy on Wyatt. Hey, I will always have that, a... Sh- that ship has sailed. A spe- special <laughs> place in my heart for Crookston and the people that were up there. Great community. Yeah. And, and Luke said, thank you for this and their story. What a beautiful couple. Mm. Thank you. We appreciate that. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm always curious uh, when we have this kind of response to people that say, what a beautiful couple. What 
What can you share about your your love for each other that just would be kind of sweet for other people to hear? Do you want me to go first, I take it, Haley? Yeah, <laughs> Haley, Haley, you were smart to look at his direction so, and point. So just so I understand the question correctly, yeah. like something we do? Well, yeah, the, that the way in special? which you treat each other. Uh, I know you guys are new at this, so uh, sure. there's, you know, you're just starting out, but uh, considerations, yeah. ki- kindnesses, uh, thoughtfulness. So I have my answer, okay. and, and this is something that I still need more work on than she does, but throughout our relationship, being fully present, Technology is a big thing this day and age. I'm on my phone constantly. I find myself being addicted to TV and all the stuff that's going on. Just being present, though, and showing the person you're with that you care about them and being fully listening to what they have to say. And, you know, people ask the question, how's your day? Or they'll say, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. But then they tune out right away. You know, it's just kind of a token question. Be present. Be willing to actually take the time to invest into your partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And um, what comes to mind for me is a sacrificial love and doing things that the other person enjoys. So Wyatt actually picked a date night the other week where we went and painted. He knows I like, I've done that with my mom before. And so we went and painted some pictures. Oh, cause I was and, about to say, I got a spare bedroom. If you want to come over, that needs painting. <laughs> no, I was, no I was completely confused. <laughs> so yeah, just, just doing things that, you know, that you may not love to do. So Wyatt doesn't love puzzles, but he'll do puzzles with me and just the, the thoughtfulness that, that goes into that. And I, I know Wyatt's crazy about sports. Where do you fall in that line? I love hockey. Oh. Go wild. <sighs> okay, Big hockey good. fan, but football is, I don't know, it's okay. The Gophers just always disappoint. I've kind of just... <laughs> I don't know. The Vikings do. So I'm not a huge football person. He loves Georgia. I'll watch games with them, but I'm a, I'm a big hockey fan. Yeah. That works out pretty good, Wyatt. I didn't know yeah. she was a big hockey fan. Oh, she she loves the Minnesota Wild, so we're uh, able to go to some games and take it in. And so, yeah, yeah. She, she gets uh, she gets on board with that. Well, yeah. Well, we're going to... Um, we're going to sign off here in about a minute, but any anything you want to say to your parents or your or your siblings? Because if they're listening, you're on the radio right now. What message do you have for any of them? Thank you for molding me into the person I am. I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Beautiful. Yeah, big shout out. I know one of my grandpas is listening. Just thank <laughs> you for for all that you've done in in shaping me and who I am. And um, yeah, just really grateful for for all the sacrifices that my family has made Beautiful. For me. Thank you so much, Wyatt Morell and his wife Haley have been my guests. Wyatt's the producer here of the Afternoon Show, and boy, am I glad he is. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Randy Newman's going to join us on the Red Letter Series. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.